One of um, and one of his uh, most elaborate and intricate stories, known as the um, Seven Beggars, um, Rabbi Nachman, which was told over a uh, extended period of time. Rabbi Nachman, as is um, he's wont to do, it's kind of um, uh, typical. Well, tell he to- tells a story within a story. There's a story, and then there's someone in the story who tells a story. Uh, it makes it more complicated, but I think it's important. I, th- I think it's deliberate that he c- always does that, because um, the Mekubalim tell us that each one of the spheres contains all the other spheres. We know this from Sirius Haimer, right? Each one of the seven weeks of the Sirius Haimer corresponds to another one of the Midas, another one of the spheres. And within each one, you find all the others, right? There's there's Chesed Shebegvura, there's Netzach Shebehoid. Within each one of the spheres are all the other spheres. Within each item that's in the Bria is a microcosm of the Bria in its, in its entirety. Whether that's, you know, corresponds to the biological discovery that every cell in the body contains all the DNA, just they're differentiated into different organs. I'm not suggesting that, but if one wanted to draw that conclusion, I think it would be an interesting comparison. That uh, every little speck of the Bria is really a microcosm of everything in its entirety. So within the story, there's already another story. So within the story of the seven beggars, Rabbi Nachman tells the story of two birds, one male, one female, um, that get, uh, that are a pair, um, and they get separated from one another and get lost. And they end up on opposite sides of the world, uh, but they're calling out to each other, um, trying to find each other. Um, And they sing, you know, a mating song or some, you know, searching for each other, as, you know, birds do. Um, And that song that they're screaming out to each other is audible throughout the entire world, but only at night. That's part of a larger story and how the birds end up finding each other is also part of the story. But th- that's kind of how he frames the story of these two birds that get separated and uh, ultimately each one is calling out to the other. Th- those two birds um, are clearly uh, a reference you know, to Kutchabrichu Vishinte, to Zer Anpin and Malchus, to the Rebani Shalalem and his... Uh, his, his, his uh, the fact that we recognize him in the world, but also, perhaps on a smaller scale, to the nefesh, uh, to the neshama, and the guf of a human being that are uh, supposed to be in unison, but the two have become separated. We seem to function with two separate agendas. Um, and uh, the two are kind of calling out to each other, looking for each other. Um, the world is kind of screaming for a Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence, um, and that's represented by these uh, two birds. And they, they find each other, or are searching for each other, through music. Each one is singing a song. Each one is calling to each other through sound. And we explained last time that a nigun is composed of a lot of different beats, a lot of different sounds, maybe lyrics, um, which are, are inherently independent, right? Each sound is distinct from the other, and what brings them all together, and what makes it bigger than some of its parts, is the song. The song, a nigun, brings many things together, unites it and together into one um, r- rhythm. I think on the, the coins it says, e pluribus unim, out of multiplicity, you know, unity, and that's, uh, that's a secular uh, phrase, um, nationalist one, but it uh, has implications here too, that what the song does is it brings many disparate things together and unites them together um, in song. And that's why it's that song, it's that shira that enables Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence to be felt in the world, that's what's represented by the nigan, but also to help the neshama um, be partnered together with the goof. Uh, Nigan brings many things together, and it also um, is used to bring the neshama together with the guf and help us to be more in touch um, with our own spirituality and with, uh, with uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But whenever you have that Nigan, that's what we talked about last time, whenever you have that, and it comes from the place in Shemaim that's known as the Shtei Purim in the language of the Zayar HaKadosh, which is these two birds that are calling out to each other. Um, however, whenever you have the coming together of the neshama and the guf, um, that's precarious. 
um, because when they come together, it could go in lots of different directions. And that's why Rabbi Nachman, if you remember from a few times ago, began the whole discussion that it depends who's singing the nigan as to what the effect and the impact of the nigan will be. If the person who's singing the nigan is a tzaddik, is a person who has spiritual accomplishments and he's in control of his you know, uh, instincts and, and, and desires, so then a nigan can be a very powerful vehicle used for connecting with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because it allows you know, the goof to kind of recede to the background, sit in the back seat, and the neshama to come out and shine. And when, therefore, through a nigan, you can have a very powerful connection with a Kaddish Baruch Hu, because the neshama that's inside is now able to shine forth from the goof, and those emotions, instead of, you know, kind of the technical aspects of Yiddish Kaddish, but there are many, um, it becomes, uh, you know, an emotional connection. It becomes an experience where the inner neshama is kind of coming out, and that's expressed in the song. That, that uh, becomes more than just the words. It becomes the experience of connecting with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what song can do. At the same time, if the song is coming from, the nigan is coming from a person um, who has no spiritual accomplishments, who is, uh, you know, uh, is not in control of themselves, then a nigan could be a very harmful thing. A nigan could be a very harmful thing. Why? Because in this partnership between the neshama and the guf, who's in the driver's seat is the guf. And what ends up happening when you have a nigan that's sung by a person who you know, is not religiously inclined, so then uh, instead of just the guf operating by itself, it's now armed together with the neshama. And what that means is it dresses itself up as something which is transcendent, as something which is sublime. And therefore people who sing songs all for the wrong reasons and about terrible themes that are offensive you know, and, 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 and animalistic, so those kinds of themes are, are, are empowered by, you know, not only are they given a license and justified, you know, validated, but they become more powerful vehicles for, for Ra, for bringing a person away from a Kaddish Baruch Hu by virtue of the fact that it came in a song. Because it takes the emotions that are there to connect to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and it brings it in an entirely different um, direction. And that's why songs that are coming from a bad place are, are uh, an enhanced problem. It's a bigger problem than just, you know, the Taivas of the Guf, because now it's armed together with that, with that Neshama. So that, that can be a very dangerous and precarious um, you know, situation. So Ibn Achman talks about towards the end of the piece, well, what do you do if a person is surrounded with this kind of uh, exposure? Or a person themselves is struggling, you know, over here. It's not necessarily a tzaddik, not on the other end of the spectrum either, but, you know, not fully in control of his guf. How can he use nigan in a proper way? How can I use nigan in a proper way to use it as a vehicle to connect with the Kaddish Baruch and not to use it as, you know, a, 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 an amplification um, of... of tendencies that bring me away from the Rebbe So Rebbe Nachman gives an Eitzah. He suggests oftentimes throughout the Torah, yeah, I think in our introduction we talked about that, he gives practical Eitzahs. So um, he suggests a person should learn Torah at night. Torah Shabbat at night. If you learn Torah, Dafka Torah Shabbat at night, that enables a person to use Nigan in the proper way. And he, said, uh, he refers, it's obvious, obvious reference to a Rambam, he doesn't cite the Rambam, I think, but it's an obvious reference to the Rambam. The Rambam writes in the third paragraph of the Torah, that ain't other loy made roiv chakmasa elabalayla. A person only learns the majority of his wisdom at night. Therefore, the Rambam says, "Who wants to be zayicha to the keser of Torah, the crown of Torah, yizar b'chol leloisav? He should be careful with all of his nights. We're here learning at night. So yizar b'chol leloisav. And the rina shel Torah, the song of Torah is only audible, is only heard at night, as the pasuk says in Kohelas, kumi roini balayla. Got up a call to a kaddish at night." So the, the song of Torah is only heard at night. Therefore, if a person wants to kesser of Torah, he should learn at night. And ain't another melamed roif chachmasa Person only learns the majority of his wisdom at night. How did the Rambam know you only learn the majority of your wisdom at night? Some people are morning people. Some people are night people. Why is the Rambam biased against the morning people? Ain't other melamed roif chachmasa Only by burning the midnight oil. Why? Why? A lot of people do the best work in the morning. 
And what does he mean over here, the Kesser of Torah, the crown of Torah, and the song of Torah? What are these concepts, and why are they only available at night? It seems like Rabbi Nachman is teaching us that, um, that uh, what the Rambam means over here in the song of Torah, Kesser of Torah, Rav Chachmasai, this is not talking about amassing a quantity of knowledge, or even the quality of the knowledge. What it's talking about is connecting with Torah. A person, Rav Chachmasai, means that he's been influenced by that which he learns. You can learn a lot and not be influenced by it. What he means is you only get influenced by Torah at night. And that's what the Kesar of Torah is represented, you know, represents. It represents the fact that I'm not only learning Torah, I'm wearing Torah. It becomes part of me. You're a prince of Torah. And that's you know, displayed or that's you know, represented by the song of Torah. Just like song brings two different things together, brings the multiple beats, the sounds of a song together. It also brings two things together, brings the Kaddish Baruch Hu's presence, you know, more felt in this world, brings our Neshama together with the Guf. It also brings a person, uh, it enables him to have a connection with Torah, and that's the song of Torah. And that's only available at night. Why is it only available at night? Because at night, the body's in a weakened state. If the song brings the body and the Neshama together, and we want the Neshama to prevail in this, you know, in this union in this interaction. We don't want the goof to prevail and then use the, you know, the, the, the emotions of song to masquerade as something which is holy. We want the neshama to prevail. How do you do that? You learn Torah at night. You learn Torah at night. Why? Because at night the body is weakened. The body is tired. It's worn out. And that body is tired and worn out. It gives the neshama a chance to shine and to come out. And therefore, learning Torah and dafka tarshabal peh. Why dafka tarshabal peh? Because tarshabal peh, in this similar way, is not like tarshabal peh. Tarshabal I learn, but it's kind of like a frontal lecture. I'm here. We're listening. Kaddish Baruch is over here. We're over here. Tarshabal peh. We're engaged in the system. We're part of the system. Kaddish Baruch withdrew himself somewhat and enabled us to be part with him. And this project, called the Torah Shabbat Peh, he delegated some of the responsibility to us. So that's how you build a connection with Torah, through learning Torah Shabbat Peh, dark at night. That's when the goof is in its weakened state, and the Neshama is able to be the one in the driver's seat of this relationship. So, I think it's important. We're learning this Torah at night. Rabbi Nachman talks about, do you want to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu? He's talking about the song of Torah, but in all of our interaction with the Kaddish Baruch Hu at night, is an opportune time to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu B'davka, and B'davka is for learning Torah, Torah Shabbat Peh. We've been having this year, Rabbi Yisai, for a few months already. It seems to be, to me, I think it's, uh, I think it's a tremendous thing that we did. So um, I give you all Yashikar for being Mechazeket, to Johnny and Evan for being Masada and everything. And Mir Hashem, through our learning Tarsh about Peh at night, we should be Zaychet to uh, allow Neshamas to shine to build a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch.